Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Armchair Booking Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Steve Barber, and joining me as my co-host wearing the ugly Cardinal shirt is Dylan <laughs> Davis. Hey, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Just had to mention it because my son absolutely hates the Cardinals because the very first time we ever watched the Reds play was against the Cardinals, and the Cardinals won. Oh, okay. So ever since then, he's hated the Cardinals. At least my shirt has Ozzy Smith's name and number on the back. So Really? Yeah. Okay, you, you, you are forgiven, sir. Yeah, I found it at a uh, – I think we were in – either Evansville or Owensboro, and we were at a Burlington, and uh, it was on the shelf. It was like five bucks. Oh. Yeah. Well, well, Randy Savage also played for the Cardinals and the Reds, and both their That's farm true. teams. So, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that he didn't even – you know, setting as my son didn't even really watch the game mm -hmm. uh, because I got the tickets from my work, and they gave us, uh, like, Champions Club seats. Okay. Yeah, which was oh man, <laughs> it's <laughs> it's hard not to get anything else. Once you've had that, you don't want to, yeah, you know, uh, because they had like the free food. I mean, the seats were just you know fantastic, and so mm -hmm. he and my wife spent the whole time just basically up in that part. Well, and also because at the beginning of the game, the sun was right on us, you know, for like the first hour, and so what? Yeah, yeah. You know? And so he didn't even really watch the game. It came out, and he said, "Well, who won?" Was all oh, the Cardinals? Said, I hate the Cardinals. <laughs> You know, well, I used that... to give my wife crap for years because she likes the Cardinals, and uh, I'm a I'm a diehard Yankees fan, which she likes the Yankees too, but she loves the Cardinals, and so um, but I ended up making a deal with her because she was a Col Indianapolis Colts fan. Andrew Luck retired, and she's like, "I'm just done with this team," and I'm like, "Well, just come on over to the Packers. Right, the water's on. fine. Come on over." <laughs> and she's like, "Okay." She's like, I'll support the Packers, but you have to support the Cardinals. And I'm like, all right, fine. <laughs> yeah. And, but, you know, because you, you got the Cardinals on, I got the Led Zeppelin on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but you know what shirt would be better than that? What? Armchair Bookie. Yep. Which you can get at tpublic.com slash user slash armchair booking, uh, armchair dash booking dash podcast. We finish all that. And there you, we can actually, you can get any kind of shirt in these designs so far. We're going to add some more. You can even get long sleeve shirts. Ooh, look at that. Those look pretty cool. Yeah. And even though winter is, well, it's, I don't know what the weather is doing anymore. It's a bipolar. I don't know. It's, uh, uh, from what I heard, it's supposed to, we're supposed to get another cold snap. So. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I saw that I, earlier. <laughs> yeah, on the I don't know. App. Uh, but when the cold snap hits, hopefully if I get something ordered in time, I can have my own long sleeve mm -hmm. armchair booking t-shirt. Yeah. And if your kids like shirts, like my son loves hoodies, well, I have to get him an armchair booking hoodie. Mm -hmm. yeah, so don't go through life without an armchair booking shirt. And if you don't like wearing the shirts, if you just want to carry stuff, go get a tote. There's armchair booking. No idea why it's doing it like that. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's actually supposed to be a white background with red letters and, a, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, the uh, black ring. But either way, it it still looks pretty cool. I mean, I, I don't even carry totes. I may give me a tote just so I can have one of these so I can show it to people and make everybody jealous. They'll want to get their own armchair booking <laughs> tote. But... Besides that, if you want to get a hold of us in a, any kind of email about other 
uh, kind of designs you may have, or just say you want to say something about the show, just tell us something. It's armchairbookiepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on facebook.com at, face, at facebook.com slash armchairbookiepodcast. You can find us on Instagram at armchairbooking. Find us on Twitter at bookingarmchair. You can find us on TikTok at armchairbooking. Uh, let's see, no Snapchat. Yeah, because, well, it, it's only there for a day and it just disappears. Yeah. And I, and I just feel like I'm too old for Snapchat. I have it to monitor. Uh, I got it first to monitor well, what my daughter does. But, you know, then, it, yeah, I, I still feel like, I don't know, I barely know what I'm doing on TikTok. And that's just, <laughs> I know how to make a video and upload. That's about it. But, I mean, it, we've been getting those done. And you can find us on any audio platform that's out there. I have to do a, do a search for armchair booking uh, podcast. Sometimes put an armchair booking wrestling podcast. Definitely get mm-hmm. to us. Uh, I don't think there's any other armchair bookings out there. Um, but sometimes when you start typing an armchair for the podcast, you'll start finding podcasts about actual armchairs. Oh. They exist. Okay. Yeah. They wow. actually exist. And um, I am still aware of iHeartRadio. They still suck when it comes to their customer support trying to get us on there so i may honestly i may just yank them all off iHeartRadio radio and just say you know we had yeah because they haven't updated anything for us since like september of last right. year sit hollow so yeah. yeah and sit it's Holland. like why yeah i mean i don't blame you because it's like why keep it on there if they're not going yeah, to it, it makes us well if people are only relying on iHeartRadio radio to listen to us it makes it look like we stop producing episodes yeah yeah and that is definitely not the case right so We've produced, uh, we've recorded a good 70 episodes at least since, since then. <laughs> so, uh, but, but any other audio platform, we're there. And of course, uh, last but not least, we are hosted by Block Talk Radio. I get everything. Yeah, got everything. All right, cool. So that means we can get started on uh, this review of this premium live event that happened on this past saturday and the you know i went into this like well crown jewel was much better than i expected Mm -hmm. maybe this one will be the same it was not uh this one i mean i thought it was fine up to the very end when they crapped the bed for me there was several things on here that just I didn't watch the pre-show. I didn't realize. I, that. I, you know, I didn't realize. Was I didn't realize that Ray Mysterio and the Miz were going to be on the pre-show. I thought they'd be on the main show, so I didn't watch the pre-show. Yep. Um, but there was just a few things throughout the pay-per-view that I was just uh, that just rubbed me the wrong way, and then there was one thing that's just my wife heard me, you know. My office is in my bedroom, so I'm mm-hmm. I'm in here uh, watching it, and then um, I'm like losing my mind, not in a good way. And <laughs> my wife thought that my my youngest daughter had uh, gotten in trouble or something, and I, th- I had to tell her, I'm like, no, just a stupid booking decision uh, went on my rant. So was this right about the time that you texted me? Yes, it was. <laughs> yes, it was. It we was knew it was going to happen. And yeah, my... it was exactly that time. As soon I... as it happened, I texted you and I was yelling while I was texting you. Uh, and, you know, like I said, our houses, our living rooms, our walls, you know, the laptops can only take so much damage. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we will get to that. Oh. 
<laughs> it's, it's the last match on the on the thing, so we have a little bit of time before we got to even mention it. Really. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, and like you said, I I totally missed the Rey Mysterio and Miz um, match because I got the you know the pre-show. I'm thinking they they said it started at noon. At noon, yeah. and I was like, wait yeah. a minute. What what's going? On? Yeah, there wasn't uh, even like a, I didn't even see a tweet or anything about about the pre-show. Normally they Usually, do send those. No, yeah. Normally they do that, and they're like, you know, this match is going to be on the pre-show. Pre-show starts at a certain time. They didn't even do that, so I didn't even think they were going to have a pre-show. I just thought that they were going to, you know, start with a. Uh, it's eleven o'clock my time. I'm central, and I thought that they were just going to start the pay-per-view and have all the matches on the main card. And having to wake up fairly early on a Saturday to start watching a pay-per-view premium live event at 10 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. You know, cause I'd be like, oh, God, that's my one day I get to sleep in every week. <laughs> <laughs> and if, if anybody out there is saying one other Sunday, no, I play in my church's praise and worship team. And uh-huh. we have, we have to be there at eight 30, which means Ooh. I'm still waking up to an alarm yep. on Sundays. And in fact, this past Sunday, um, and I'm I'm the type of person I got like four alarms set for every day, mm-hmm. you know, in 15 minute intervals. Um, I forgot that I had turned off the second two alarms. Oh, and, yeah. And I normally leave my house around um, like 10 after eight, something like that. Mm-hmm. And that's after, you know, I've gotten up, showered, changed clothes, eaten breakfast, brushed my teeth, uh, just everything, morning routine, made sure got my coffee. In my armchair booking mug, which I don't have in front of me right now, but I have it, and and go out the door. I woke up. Well, I hit the alarm. It's like, okay, next one to go off. Yeah, it didn't go off, so I didn't actually wake up again until like around seven forty-five. Oh. Yeah, so I was rushing to. Yeah. Yeah, I actually texted, "Hey, I'm on my way. I'm just, I'm running a little bit behind." So, um, but yeah, so my only day to sleep in really is Saturday. But fortunately for me, I mean. I think, oh, it starts at noon. Okay, that's plenty of time. And still missed the first match. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do know that um, because The Miz did cut a – they had like a little backstage interview with The Miz, and he was talking about having a partner uh, uh, to help him with the Mysterios. And – I've seen all the reports of who that partner is going to be. It's going to be Logan Paul. Yeah. He's backstage at raw tonight. So this is, this is going to be the setup for that. So we're going to get the Miz and Logan Paul at WrestleMania against the Mysterios yet again, another, it's a case of another celebrity taking a wrestler spot just to get some mainstream rub and it's like it makes no sense it's like everybody everybody again i know i say it all the time but everybody works all year to get that opportunity to be on the wrestlemania card and yet you give that spot to logan paul who's going to be there for one match and don't go don't go watch logan paul's channel come watch our channel right you know because we don't, we're not disrespectful to people. We're not basically banned from an entire country, him and his brother. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. And yeah, you're right. I mean, 
it takes away the spot of an actual wrestler. The only the only celebrity right now that I'll give a pass to is Bad Bunny. Yeah, because Bad Bunny has respect for wrestling, yes. and he put in the work to be able to have a good match. You know, he trained for months. He even, you know, he even rented a place in Orlando, in Florida, so he could be near the training center, so that he could train every day to get ready for that the match he had at WrestleMania. I don't see Logan Paul doing that. No, I don't see Johnny Knoxville doing that, which it's still, there's still the still going plan is to have Johnny Knoxville versus Sami Zayn for the intercontinental title at WrestleMania. Another spot that someone could have instead, oh. they're, they're going to throw everybody in the Andre, the giant Memorial battle Royal and give Johnny Knoxville an intercontinental title match which makes absolutely no sense. I mean, I don't care about, for me, I don't care about the mainstream rub that they're trying to get because here's the thing. Johnny Knoxville is not going to give you the mainstream rub that you think of because Jackass is antiquated. Yeah. it's It hasn't been popular in over a decade. Actually, probably about 15 years. It hasn't been popular. So why are they pushing this? I don't understand why they're pushing this so hard. It's like, I mean, do they really think they're going to get that much mainstream buzz from a 50-year-old Johnny Knoxville who has admitted he has brain trauma from some of the stuff that he did in the newest Jackass movie and said that he wasn't going to do any more Jackass stunts because of that. But yet... He's going to be cleared to wrestle at WrestleMania. Oh, all right. Somebody, somebody has to be slapped for this. You know, not that we're not advocating violence, but this is a slappable, you know, offense. Yes. Yep. And the WWE at one point, I'm starting to wonder anymore. The WWE was bigger than Jackass. WWE was bigger than Logan Paul and Jake Paul. Mm-hmm. So they don't need them to come on the show and to give them a, a mainstream rub. They're already mm-hmm. on the USA Network. They're already on Fox Sports 1. The uh, problem is, is because they have not created new stars. They keep relying on, and I mm-hmm. say they haven't created any new stars because I feel like Roman Reigns is doing what he could have done years ago if they had just let him turn heel and quit trying to push him as the next John Cena. Right. Um, Roman pretty much built himself as far as this heel run. I feel like Roman has built that for himself. The only other star, the biggest star that they have in their company is Brock Lesnar. And that's because they sacrificed their entire roster to build him up. And all of this other talent that they have that they could be putting all that time and energy in, they don't do it. So there's no creating new stars in WWE. It's just we're going to rely on, you know, the status quo and ride that out until we can't get any more out of them. And did you watch the entire thing uh, when Lesnar was on the Pat McAfee uh, show? Mm Mm-hmm. I will admit, 
I do have more respect for Lesnar, the person, after watching that, uh, because when they do it, it's actually pretty funny. Yeah, he actually is pretty funny. And like, yeah. I have no issue with Brock Lesnar, the person. My issue is, I don't even have issue with Brock Lesnar, the character. As far as what he is, I do enjoy the destruction. You know, I enjoy him coming out and destroying people and all that. I always have. I've always liked Brock as far as that goes. I just do not like how they just have everybody fall at his feet. And you can't build stars that way if you have one guy crushing everybody. And that was that part I actually found was ironic when he said these other guys need to step up. It's like they're yeah, trying. It's, it's like you're going to sit there and say these other guys need to step up when you've been pushed to the moon by the company since you walked into OVW. So that's really hypocritical coming out of his mouth that these other guys need to step up. You've got people that are trying to step up, but then they hear that music. They hear Brock Lesnar's music and know, well, I'm about to get squashed in about a minute. And your commitment level to your craft is going to drop when you know that no matter what you do, you know, and, and this is like talking for, for the people who give 110% every single time, yeah. even, even in the face of adversity, they still try. But then after a while, you're like, why am I going to waste my energy? Look at Mustafa, look at Mustafa Ali. Yeah. Perfect example. That guy gave 110% every time, had some of the best matches. Um, yes, he did. With a lot of different opponents and still got relegated to main event or 205 Live. Um, and never got to show what he was truly capable of. And after a while, it's got to be, it would be frustrating for me after a while. I've been like, why am I going to go out there and give it everything I've got, knowing that it's never going to get me anywhere? Right. And that's when, you know, you'll say, I'm going to go over to some other company. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know, because at least, and we see it all, we see it every month. People show up in another company. They flourish in other in other environments because mm-hmm. they're out of that particular, they're out of that suffocating type environment. Yep. Because everything's and, so micromanaged there that it's like a wrestler can't just come in and do what got them there. Some, I, I saw on Twitter, somebody said they don't understand how WWE messed up so many of the top NXT stars. All they had to do was copy and paste what Triple H had done and do it on the main roster. Yep. And and, our, our, and also the sad thing about that is, um, and as much as what I liked, I liked Triple H from the time I first saw him, actually when he was still uh, Jean-Paul Levesque, you know, when mm-hmm. he was, yep. you know, his moves that he did back then, and this is before he packed on, you know, the extra 80 pounds of muscle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his moveset, I could tell, okay, he's influenced by Ric Flair. He's yeah. got, you know, and then some other people, I was like, he, this guy is going to be good. And, yeah. you know, and it was hard. Flair and Harley, Harley mm-hmm. Race were, I think, were his two biggest influences. And you could tell, I mean, the man wears his influences on his sleeve. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so when he did become big, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, you couldn't help it. Everybody could yeah. see, yeah, he's good. Yeah. yeah. Um, But Triple H, he was also guilty, though, of putting himself, in WrestleMania's longest matches for how many yeah. years in a row? Yeah. And that also kind of hurts the people, you know, who like, yeah, 
that yeah. hurts people that are trying to get on the card or people that are on the card and get their match time shaved off to make, you know, to make time for the Triple H match. Because like right. the Triple H Batista match a couple of WrestleManias ago went like 30 minutes and that was honestly about 20 minutes too long. Yeah. For what but, that match was, a good 10 minutes would have told that story and been done. But between the entrance, between the entrances and then the rest holds and it was just neither one of those guys had any business being in the ring at that point. But the good thing about the first match on, on the card Saturday, the first match uh, only went six minutes. And so we didn't have to see Goldberg get too blown up. That is true. I mean, bravo to Roman for carrying that match for what it was. I mean, because there's only so much you're going to get out of Goldberg. I right. mean, like, like I said, the aesthetics is there. He still looks like a monster. He's mm -hmm. in great shape to be 55. But he had, again, it's a case of he had no business being in the ring with Roman Reigns. Right. You, I mean, I don't understand this. It's like you have nothing else to prove. You've been a world champion in, you know, multiple companies. You have, you're a Hall of Famer. You know, you're, you know, a legend. Go home and be happy. Quit chasing this. I don't know what he's chasing, but it's like, just stop. Because now it's gotten to the point where, for me, it's kind of embarrassing to see this guy come out and it's different if he was working with somebody to you know to truly put somebody over or if he was doing like sting does in AEW and working tag matches with a younger talent to help get that talent over but no he walks in after being gone for a year two three however long he's gone and automatically walks into a world title match and i just i don't see the point and I know we're not the only podcasters. I mean, everybody's been saying the same thing and everybody's been saying it independently. Why mm -hmm. is it that he gets to disappear for a few years, come back in, and he only wrestles two matches, both of them are for the world title, and then he leaves again? Yep. And, you know, just like what we were, we were talking about yesterday on the show, and by the way, we haven't even mentioned this, the show we had yesterday when we were uh, talking about Black History Month and really um I, what did i name the show you're gonna have to help me out because it took me a little bit to come up with a good title to actually kind of accurately describe what we we're doing doing i mean it was basically ha about uh the gentleman that we spoke with it was basically um what it's like being a black wrestler in you know the pro wrestling business uh a special panel discussion on being black in wrestling yep and the show i thought went went Oh, Absolutely. it was excellent. It, it was. Yeah. And, you know, uh, we we had four people originally scheduled. We ended up with only three. Uh, one of them had to drop out because um, he had some family uh, stuff. You know, he went, and I don't blame him. I mean, you know, it, if it, because, you know, me, if it comes to, hey, you got to do a podcast or spend time with my daughter, I'm going to spend time with my daughter. Yep. <laughs> you know, so, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and so, yeah, definitely. I mean, we, uh, we support him 100%. But, we were still able to have Devin Graves and Matthew Mims and Joe Pro James on the show, which we've had before. Mm -hmm. So we knew they were fantastic guests individually. Yeah. And so getting together, I mean, we knew this is just going to be gold. Right. 
and and it was and i one of the things and i know we're, we're definitely doing a sidebar here <laughs> but um everybody had like differing opinions about just about everything yeah you know uh, and i thought that was also made the show uh, even better yeah um and and I'm also glad when Devin called Mims the walking thesaurus. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm glad you said that because now you know, because <laughs> Dwayne and I were already thinking the same thing. It's like, man, <laughs> you know, because he really is a walking thesaurus. Yeah. <laughs> and um, but yeah, I was happy to see all three of those guys on there. You know, um, you know, made for a great show. And if anybody who has not watched or listened to it, go check it out. I mean, it absolutely, is, go check it out. It's a tremendous show. Uh, you will not be disappointed. And and this was, uh, we were nervous, <laughs> you know, before <laughs> making sure because we wanted to make sure it worked. But when we got to talking yesterday about Big E, you know, and kind of segueing back to um, the world title match, Big E should have been in um, the Elimination Chamber. Yes. Yeah. He should have not. He should have not been when it's like as soon as he lost the WWE title. They just, they did the same thing with him they did with Kofi. They just pushed him right back in the tag division. And, you know, and, I almost think they almost did, like, worse because they put him, they put him off a of Raw, put him on yeah. SmackDown yep. with Kofi. Yep. Didn't even really say a word about it. It was just mm -hmm. like, hey, all right, now you go back there again. Yeah, the only reason uh, that I knew anything about it is because I saw I saw a tweet from, uh, I think it was from WrestleZone, and they had confirmed that Big E had been moved to SmackDown and was competing in the tag division. And it's like, and Big E's never gotten a rematch for the title. Same yeah. as Kofi. You know, and it's like, you can't, these stop starts with these champ, with this championship. Mm -hmm. It's like, you're making, the WWE championship is supposed to be the most prestigious championship in pro wrestling. You know, it has beside, you know, other than the NWA World's Heavyweight title, it has the longest lineage of the oh, yeah. current wow. of the current world titles. There's the NWA World title and then the WWE Championship. You know, so with that kind of lineage, it's like you think the company would want to have more respect for your championship, but it's like on the SmackDown side, you've got the Universal Championship, which Roman Reigns has made that belt important. Yeah, yes. 530 plus days as a universal champion in one solid reign. And, you know, we've had in the last year and 45 days, we've had, I think, six different, six WWE champions. Let's see, Brock, Bobby Lashley, uh, Big E. Uh, See, are you talking like individual people or are you talking about actual individual or uh, actual reigns? Yeah, individual people. Like the times it's changed. We had Drew McIntyre had it. Drew McIntyre, yep. Miz cashed in. I forgot about Miz because he held it for like but a minute. He held it for he like held a it. cup of coffee, but Miz, yeah. Miz held it for six days and then Bobby Lashley won. So that's, you know. That's three champions right there. Uh, Bobby Lashley had it until... When did Bobby Lashley lose it? 
Because when he fought Goldberg at Crown Jewel, he didn't have the WWE title. I guess that's when Big E, yeah, Big E cashed in before that's right. Crown Jewel. Yep. Uh, so then it was Big E. Then we go to Big E has it until day one, and Brock wins. Yep. Bobby Lashley wins at the Rumble. And then another title change at the Elimination Chamber. Uh, in a year and 45 days, we've had seven WWE champions. Some of some of them were, you know, Bobby Bobby Lashley had it twice. Brock Lesnar's, you know, had his reign, but it's that's not how you build prestige for your championship. I mean, it's no. like they did the same thing in the Attitude Era. It's just the Attitude Era you could get away with it because of the the talent at the top of the card, because you had Austin and Rock fighting over the title. Plus, you had Triple H. Plus, you had the Undertaker. Plus, you had Mick Foley. So you had Hall of Fame talent at the top of the card, you know, making the title seem important, even if they did play hot potato with it. But now it's like you bury your main eventers and still play hot potato with your world title. And they're giving out the titles, uh, title reigns, like Oprah's giving away cars. Yeah. Like you get a championship, you get a championship. championship. You get I mean, a championship. I mean, I have a replica of the WWE title. Can I get recognized with the ring as the WWE champion? I mean, they seem to be handing those out. I mean, you do realize, you know, the next time I come to your house, it's twenty four seven rolls, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like if you take your belt to a show, you must defend it. You must defend it. I mean, <laughs> you know that, that that should be the rules. You yeah. know, yeah. Um, now, if I was at Devin's house, because if you notice, he had gold behind him. Oh, he had gold. Um, yeah. Now, now I'm not going to try to challenge Devin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be kind of foolish. <laughs> <laughs> so. But at least I, I was right on my prediction. Roman won. I did like yep. how Roman countered the jackhammer into the into the. Uh, that was nice. Yep. Yeah. So I did the, like that. So those moves, to be honest with you, is probably one of the best Goldberg matches I've ever seen. I mean, and the sad thing is, you could tell he was blown out when he came. He was blown up when he came out. He only had cuts on his head because yeah, he probably he headbutted two, a locker. And the thing is, he hit two spears. That was basically his offense. Was he hit two spears yeah. and then went for the jackhammer and Roman choked him out. Yep. Um, and and, and Roman should not have come out first. Your champion does not come out. First. <clears throat> I don't care that it's Goldberg. I don't care you're trying to get the pop from the crowd. Have respect for your champion, and Roman should have come out last. And Roman's entrance, it is fire. It, it is, is fantastic. Yeah, it is. I, I mean, uh, I, was, um, I was telling, um, I was telling my oldest daughter Savannah that Roman Reigns is the final boss of mm -hmm. WWE. He's like a video game final boss, and that music it fits perfectly. And you know, so this this match, I mean, I'll actually give it a positive because. Yeah, I'll give it a positive because Roman won. Because Roman, I was, yeah. I'm not going to lie, I was so afraid that they were going to have Goldberg beat him. Um, and then, well, he may have accidentally fell asleep, you know. But yeah. they I said mean, it's, it's the first time Goldberg's ever submitted. Even if it was a knockout submission, this is the first yeah. time he's ever submitted. Mm -hmm. So yep. I was like, okay. Um, and, and, of course, then the next match, um, the women's elimination chamber match, I thought was fantastic. Match of the night. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Match easily. of the night. That I mean, those women they worked 
so hard in that match, and they put on such such great performances. Um, Rhea Ripley is just amazing. It is, mm-hmm. you know, she is fantastic. The uh, I like the touch of having the swing in Alexa yeah. Bliss's <laughs> pod, yep. and everybody else is kind of looking like, you mean she gets to sit down and I have to stand here the whole time? But the uh, one of the best things was before the match even started when Alexa Bliss came out and she was going around to the pods and she goes up to Rhea Ripley's pod and Rhea Ripley's just leaning there and they're both kind of got that maniacal smile going. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you're not scaring Rhea Ripley. <laughs> you're not. No. And but uh, this match was great. I, and I, I was glad to see Alexa come back. Mm-hmm. You know, finally, because I mean, I don't know why she was she she was injured, wasn't she? Uh, she, from what I saw, uh, reports that I saw, she had sinus surgery, okay. and she was out for a while. And then I think they just didn't have anything ready for her when she was ready to come back. So I think that's why they did kind of did the therapy thing. Yeah, I mean, either way, I mean, she can pull it off. Uh, yeah. And even though she's getting over so well right now as a face. Yeah, uh, we both know when she's a heel, she's uh, one of the best heels in the country or oh, in, yeah. in the company. I mean, she's yeah. oh, but yeah, she she really is getting over. You know, the for like I like that they've tweaked this character. This character I can deal with because it's kind of a blend of the old Alexa Bliss with the new Alexa Bliss, right? But they're not leaning into the fiend like they were so i i can go with this and i mean she's always great in the ring she was mm-hmm. you know she was fantastic as usual so i i was fine with it i mean i'd like to see her and bianca have a singles match because their yep. styles are you know complementary enough to where you'd see you know a mm-hmm. lot of good stuff happening and i didn't think any of the eliminations in this one were you know hokey or uncalled for i mean um now when you <laughs> You said Liv Morgan um, looking like Britney Spears when you texted me. I came as soon as she came out. I'm like, why is she looking like Britney Spears? (laughs) And then I was on Twitter, and it was just it's like all over the place. (laughs) And she even tweeted it herself. Yeah, she did. Well, you know, oops, I did it again. (laughs) Yep, she owned it. You know, so. But and I like that they're the ladies' outfits matched. It wasn't just. Well, I need you to wear this full body leotard with a t-shirt over it. It was like thought was put into these outfits. Like Rhea Ripley's outfit, I mean, it matched her. Bianca's matched her. You know, everybody's outfits were like extensions of their usual yeah. outfits. And I like I like that progress that progression as far as women wrestling in Saudi Arabia, where it's just you actually they actually get to put more of themselves into their ring gear instead of just a long sleeve leotard and a, t- a, a big baggy t-shirt. Right. And you know, like Rhea Ripley, especially she had to just be sweating hard on it because I mean, it was oh, solid black. Yeah. She had oh, to have been, oh, oh. Uh, unless they had fans blowing on the ring because of that. Yeah. Right? I hope they did. Oh, but... and as soon as I got in the pods, I'm thinking, okay, the tops of those are, like graded yeah. in open air so i was like okay at least they won't pass out in there um yeah. that's one thing i mean i was concerned about and i think bianca her outfit was the smartest because hers was the reflective silver you know so lighter I, color and a reflective yeah i follow her on twitter 
and she she hand makes all of her she doesn't go to a seamstress she does really? it herself all of her ring gear she makes it herself and she said that her sewing machine broke down like halfway through making the oh. outfit that she wore at the chamber so she had to finish it by hand so all the lips and everything that were on there she oh wow yep all um, of that on all of that on all of her ring gear is done by her you know if she ever wants another you know a second career yeah because <laughs> you know, her ring gear is always like on yeah, it is. Uh, and you know um hers uh, her ring gear like i said i thought was the smartest because of in the heat mm -hmm. you don't want to be wearing like really really dark clothes yeah. um but do drop hers i mean she still had you know her tartan on there and yep you know, of course, Nikki Ash, she actually wore what she always wears. That's the funny thing. Yeah, it's just it was just long sleeve and longer of, sleeve. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, again, I mean, the outfit worked for, her. you know, yeah. Liv Morgan's worked for her. Um, I just thought it was a, I thought it was a really an excellent worked match. Mm -hmm. And the right for me, the right person won. Uh, there's been yes. some hate on. TikTok that I've seen about that Bianca is overrated and Bianca is overpushed. And it's like, for those people, it's just like, I just don't see what you see because I see someone who has worked hard for everything she's gotten, has even worked hard and smiled after she was ridiculously squashed in 26 seconds yeah. last year at SummerSlam and still worked. And now she gets to you know, redeem herself and hopefully win the Raw Women's title at WrestleMania. That's what needs to happen. You know, because it, she won the chamber and so now she gets to, you know, challenge Becky for the championship. So hopefully everything comes full circle and she wins the title. And we know the two of them are capable of putting on a five-star match. Oh, yeah. And and last year when WrestleMania was happening, it was her and Sasha. I'm thinking, okay, Sasha will probably end up having to carry this one because Bianca was still green. I mean, she's still technically mm -hmm. she's still green, mm -hmm. but man, she doesn't look like it. You know, the matches that she's been pulling off, no. I'm like, she's been in the business what three years, and she's putting on these matches yeah. that are oh. just just unbelievable. Um, cause even mm -hmm. what well, was it? Mims yesterday. He said, well, I've only been wrestling for three years. He said, so I'm still green And uh, but the first yeah. thing that popped in my mind was, was mm -hmm. Bianca, you know? Yep. Um, and, but, and I've seen Mims's matches. He may think he's green now. No, that dude's uh, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, and he's in the NWA. And so, uh, um, yeah. Hopefully, you know, they can talk to people and make an appearance at the NWF. I'd like that. <laughs> so, That'd be cool. <laughs> uh, but, you know, speaking of people wearing full body suits, um, next match, it was Naomi and Ronda Rousey uh, against Charlotte Flair and Sonya Deville. And, by the way, I, I, did you see when they actually showed uh, on we, – we'd already seen the botch when Charlotte – really didn't hit the table when she was supposed to hit the table during the signing. Yeah. They didn't really edit it all that well. I think they were, they got, they kind of half edited it. 
Yeah, they didn't. I figured they would edit it a lot better than what they did. And you could definitely still see the botch. Yep. And didn't we call Sonya Deville was probably playing some kind of shenanigans and her arm was actually mm -hmm. fine. And then she would yep. bring the arm out. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and this match, I didn't think was horrible. It could have been a lot better, but it wasn't horrible. But for me, it felt like just a, it felt like a standard TV main event match. It didn't yes. feel like a premium live event match. Uh, Rhonda's Rhonda wearing her gi to the ring was a nice touch. You know, uh, Naomi's outfits are always great. They always yep. play up the glow part. Sonya Deville's outfit matched her usual ring gear mm -hmm. perfectly. I do not know what Charlotte Flair was wearing. It was looked like there was absolutely no thought in that ring gear whatsoever. She walked in, maybe make me look like an elf. Yeah. A, re a really tall elf. It's like, can I just get a long sleeve leotard? And because that's what it looked like, just mm -hmm. a long sleeve leotard. I mean, there was, I don't know if she didn't want anything done or the higher ups didn't want anything done to it, but as elaborate as her usual ring gear is, you would have felt thought that they that somebody would have put more thought into what she was wearing. Not that it, not that the ring gear matters all that much, right. but I mean, compared to the three other people in the match, it's like she really stood out due to the lack of anything with her right. outfit. Yeah, because we're starting to, we're starting to kind of sound like you know like the Oscars, like the yeah. show thing. Look at her yeah. gown. Look at what she. Yeah. Oh, that's so wonderful. <laughs> so, oh, but, uh, but yeah, but mean, we've, been, match... we've been <laughs> we've been talking about that. Yeah, yeah, but, but that's what we do. <laughs> yeah, but the match was—I mean, the match was decent, you know. And, yeah. and you know, but we all knew that Ronda was gonna, you know, make Sonya tap out because they're not gonna let her get her hands on Charlotte until WrestleMania, I'm sure. Right. Um, and then of course, you know, Charlotte didn't help Sonya at all when Sonya was in the armbar having to tap out. So yeah, she noped, she noped her way right out of there. <laughs> yeah, she was like, nope. nah. But uh, good, you know, good win on you know a big event for Naomi. Yep. You know, Ronda. You know, they're building Ronda back up. So they're building I mean, Ronda back up. They're building Naomi back up, which I'm glad yep. to see. Yep. Um, Sonya is still a lot better in the ring than people give her credit for. Mm -hmm. She is a really good worker. I, and and, you know, and I'm glad to see her back, too, because, I mean, she had a real-life legitimate scare that probably, yeah. you know, it made her very skittish. I mean, I think, you know, if I were to find out that somebody's been coming into my house and just basically living there, you know, yeah. I mean, that's... And planned on kidnapping me. I mean, the guy had a whole, like, kidnapping kit. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, yeah, that would probably scare me, too. I mean, yeah. and you, and you and I both have daughters, and so... Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, so uh, just let it be known we're both nice guys. You mess with our daughters, we won't be a nice guy anymore. It won't be nice at all. Mm -mm. Not at all. Yeah, you don't want that. No, <laughs> not at all. And I will go to jail with this smile on my face. Mm -hmm. And yeah, but I was the way Rhonda was able to do those moves, and I think that was another thing they showcased her. Well, they said one arm tied behind her back. Well, behind your back is is technically a hammerlock. You're not going to tie somebody's hand in a hammerlock. No. The way they had it tied, though, it's like she kept, re you could tell she kept remembering, oh, my hand, my arm's supposed to be behind my back because right. the rope was loose. So half the time, the, her hand was like on her <laughs> hip. Yeah. 
Well, she did make sure not to use that arm. She uh, did. I'll, yeah, I'll give her props on that. She made sure yeah. not to use that arm. Yeah, so, and there was a judo throw she did at one point just with that one. And, and they tied her right arm. I don't know if she's right-handed or left-handed, but she did that judo throw. And I was like, oh, look at that. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, um, like I said, I mean, not a not a horrible match. I mean, not great, great, but I mean, it was it was good for what it yeah. was. And Ronda won like we knew she would. They're not going to, you know, they're not going to have Ronda lose with her just coming back and her being, you know, her challenging for a world title. They're not going to have her lose on a pay-per-view. Now, the next one, McIntyre, Madcap Moss, and everybody is talking about one thing with this match. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Oh, my God. That Alabama, because remember I texted you, I said that Alabama slam was nasty. Yeah. He landed right on the top of his head. I do not know how that man was able to get up and keep continuing. He they more reports came out today. I think it was on uh, cultaholic.com. I was reading the article on Twitter, and they said that um, he told the ref that he was uh, that he he could still go. They said he even apologized for Drew, to Drew after the match backstage for the botch and it's like i my hat goes off to him i mean yeah. i knew the guy was you know i've always known that the guy was good in the ring but yeah, with a bad gimmick yeah he's just got been saddled with a terrible gimmick but lord i mean to just get planted on the top of your head right like that and just and be able to finish a you know falls count anywhere match it's like much respect absolutely much respect to moss i think madcap moss is one of the there's a a couple people that actually walked into this premium live event you know with people not really caring for him and walked Mm -hmm. out with people going you know what props to them oh yeah because twitter was on fire with everybody talking about how they how much respect they had for him for being able to you know continue especially continue to fight he didn't just like he didn't just get up for Drew to knock back down. He took right. it to him. So, yeah, uh, uh, we knew we knew Drew would win. I yeah. mean, that's given because the story is the the end game is him and Happy Corbin. But uh, it was actually a better match than I thought it was going to be, given they had already yeah. done this at day one. And I feel like I Drew stood one foot on his chest, holding up the sword. Yeah, him. I was like, "Well, that's kind of cool." <laughs> so, yeah, it is. It was a cool visual, but I'm I'm tired of the sword. I'm yeah. tired of the. I, I need them to take him back to what he was when he was chasing the WWE title the first time when he won the Rumble and was chasing Lesnar for the title. He didn't need the. He didn't need the kilt. He didn't need the sword. Any of that. I just hate how they have to. It's like they have to lean so much into you know, someone's heritage. Right. And it's like, you do know that he it was a multiple time world champion without any of this gimmickry. So. And he lives in Florida now. Exactly. He goes home <laughs> to visit, but he lives in Florida. Yeah. Lives in Florida. Yeah. Uh, but the match after that one, the next one was the, uh, the, the raw women's championship match with Becky and Lita. And um, I'll give some props to Lita. I mean, because for someone who 
I don't think she's even wrestled. Besides a couple of rumbles, I don't even think she's had a match, has she? Uh, she had one match. She had a tag match with Trish at um, right. Evolution, right. The, um, all, the all-women's pay-per-view. But other, like, singles match, she hasn't had a singles match, I think they said, in 14 or 15 years. And for her to come out and put on the performance that she did, mm-hmm. uh, I have a whole lot of respect for her. And uh, that was a, actually a really good match. I didn't know how well that they would, you know, I didn't know how their chemistry would be, but it ended up being a really good match. And you know what? She came out and she showed why there for a while she had the best moonsault in the company. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> and, and nailed and, it. And Michael Cole was absolutely correct in what he said at the end of the match uh, that um, she was a trailblazer. I mean, mm-hmm. she was, she set the tone for the modern female wrestler in WWE that you didn't have to just you know, you didn't have to rely on your looks. You could get in there and you could do moves that are normally just associated with guys like the moonsault and, you know, twist of fate and different things. She was, she was absolutely a trend with her along with Trish Stratus. I mean, they set the tone for what the women's, you know, what the women's division would become once we got through the Divas Championship era, that is. Yeah. And the one thing that hurts Lita as far as like her overall like career was the stint she had with Edge when all yeah. that was going on. That's yeah. the, the one, I guess, bad mark. You know, I'd say, and the yeah, sad thing is like the um, the live sex celebration that they had on Raw. She did not want to do that, and she was basically told she'd be <laughs> fired yeah. if she didn't do it. Yep. And it's and... like, how are you? It's like how disgusting is that that you're going this woman is obviously uncomfortable with this entire thing and then you're going to put her job on the line to force her to do something she's uncomfortable with oh i mean it was punishment for (coughs) you know the whole thing um because of course matt hardy i mean they fired him then they brought him back and then they just kind of relegated him but uh with her i mean and i've I had stopped watching WWE for a bit during that time. So actually I didn't know about all that happening until like, well, after the fact that I've seen some of the videos and the stills mm-hmm. and yeah, she was buck naked, you know, yeah. because the camera yeah. actually accidentally caught a little something. Yeah. It was like, yeah. mm. um, but it's just that when I found that out, I was just disgusted because it's like, Again, like you said, we have daughters, and I, mm-hmm. you know, we never want our daughters to be in a situation to where they're being forced to do something they're uncomfortable with. Right, and uh, you know, for and for her to come back, I mean, and after the match was over, and and of course, we we did not expect Lita to win, you know, right. because you right. know this was, uh, and I would dare say this was probably like a last hurrah type match for. Her. Um, who would have thought, you know, if it is our last match, it would be in Saudi Arabia of all places. Yeah. And, but then after it was over, I mean, they were kind of cheering for her. And so she went back in the ring and just, you yeah, know, she went back and took a bow, which I mean, yeah. she was after that, after that showing, it was a well-deserved bow. She yeah. absolutely deserved that. Yeah. So, I mean, the crowd, I mean, they were cheering her and, and mm-hmm. everything. So, um, you know, kind of somewhat off subject, kind of makes you wonder how Saudi Arabia is progressing from 
Yeah, and um, <laughs> Lita has even said that that's why that's why she went this time because right. of the progression that Saudi Arabia has has made as far as you know women's Women. wrestling goes. So, yeah. so yeah. yeah, so and really just kind of women in general because mm-hmm. yeah, um, and I, and I don't know about all their laws. I think women are allowed to go to sporting events now, whereas before they were not. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they allow them to drive or vote. I'm not I think, sure. I think one of them they can, but then they, I can't, and I don't remember which one. Um, but baby steps. Yeah. You know, yeah. we'll just go baby, baby steps yeah. are better. No steps. Hopefully the steps get bigger, you know, yeah. but moving in the, the right direction. And, but yeah, they cheered her. The men were cheering her. Yeah. You know, because they're not because, oh, look at her. No, I mean, because she put on yeah. a great performance. Yep. And Becky even kind of stepped out of the ring and let her let her have her moment. Yeah, yeah. Becky, you know, they Becky won and Becky took her championship and left. You could tell she was giving her the ring. Yep. And I told you the redhead was going to win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now the almost match that almost happened. Um, that kind of I was actually looking forward to this match and. Yeah, this was one of the things that really irritated me about this show. It's like, if you did not, if you were not going to have time for the Usos versus the Viking Raiders for the SmackDown Tag Team title, then don't even book it on the show. Why would you fly these four men to Saudi Arabia, have them come out, get in their ring gear, come out just to do a, you know, just to do a beat down spot so the Usos don't have to defend the tag titles. I, I haven't heard anything that any of those guys were hurt and couldn't compete. Mm-hmm. So to me, it was just a waste of four talented wrestlers that could have given you a great match. But instead, we get this, you yes. know, like I said, this little beatdown scenario, and then that's it, and they move on. And it's like immediately after it happened, Corey Graves is like, well, the Viking Raiders aren't going to be able to challenge for the tag team titles. And it's like, then what was the point of all this? Yeah. You could have, if you were going to do this, they could have just done a backstage segment, had the Usos jump them backstage. Yes. And then, then, and then throw the match out and be like, Viking Raiders can't compete due to the backstage attack from the Usos. And one of the, um, one of the, it's kind of funny now, sort of, Oh, you had caught up with me, and then you had mm-hmm. to pause it again. Yeah, um, had to go help Hope with something. And, yeah, and so you were uh, about fifteen minutes behind me. And when you said, "Oh, um, the last," they must not have time because of the last match. Right about the time, you, <laughs> right? Yeah, right about the time you texted me that the other match had ended. I'm looking at it going. There's like fifteen minutes left, you know, before they even hit the top of the hour. Yeah, and I want to say. That's not it. That's not why. So no idea why, but yeah, it's because um <laughs> yeah, that, I was like, oh, man, I didn't want to, but I couldn't spoil it. I'm like, right, right. Mm. Yeah, I had to stay off Twitter too because I <laughs> yeah, knew I even Twitter. said stay off of Twitter. Yeah, because yeah. I knew I was behind and it would have been all over Twitter. Yeah. So I stayed I like, off. Like stay away, just, just stay there. away from social all social media. Um, it's kind of like you know when a new Star Wars movie comes out, you just stay off of social media. Yeah, because yeah. some idiot will post Hondas. Yeah, you know, 
that happened. It was, and I think it was in like a wrestling group. Somebody just puts a Honda. It's like, I don't game. know why people have to do that. It's like, just if you, you already know, don't ruin it for somebody else. Now, yeah. if it's, if it's a movie that's been out for like five, six months, by then it's like, if you haven't seen it, that's on you. But right. in the first, you know, the first few weeks of release, don't ruin it for people. Right. That's like I had to stay away from all social media when I saw uh, Spider-Man No Way Home because I didn't want people to ruin it for me. You know, I had right. I have I had ideas of what might happen, but I didn't want to. I didn't want it to be ruined. Is that the latest one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the one that I went with my family to go watch it. Yeah. And and of course, a lot of stuff had to be explained to me because I don't watch it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was the one explaining it to others. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to my family when we went, I was explaining different things. Uh, yeah. My daughter, you know, she marked out first when um, the one Spider Man came out. Uh, Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield. Yep. Yeah. And then when, dude, I'm serious. I'm just losing. Tobey Maguire. Tobey Maguire. Man, yeah. he's looking he's looking old too. Yeah, but when he came through, when he walked through the circle, I mean, yeah. even at, at our theater, there were people I heard this one lady say, Oh my God. <laughs> it's like <laughs> and like a lot of people were like, That's my Spider-Man. There's <laughs> there. But I have a lot more respect for Andrew Garfield's version of Spider-Man after watching No Way Home. I need right. to go back and watch his two Spider-Man movies because his performance in that movie was fantastic well see now they've linked the entire spider-man all mm -hmm. three of the things so, so they're all connected now yep you know yep. so i was like all right you know and doc ock was on there that makes me happy because of that oh stuff. yeah all the spider-man villains he's my favorite always has been yeah. Yeah, yeah even when i was a kid i was like man this dude he's got that wow i'm like you know um him and i don't know if for some reason kingpin kingpin has always been he, he, he kind of yeah i like King, i like kingpin yeah, yeah i always so, liked him too um but and we're you know you notice we're trying to avoid talking about the last match <laughs> <laughs> i mean here's the thing i mean you've got the elimination chamber match for the wwe title bobby lashley's a champion you've got austin theory uh, matt riddle aj styles brock lesnar uh who am i forgetting am seth, i forgetting him seth Rollins. yeah yeah I, I i can't do that 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 Seth freaking Rollins thing is dumb. I just have to say Seth Rollins. It's like I, I, not... I, cor I correct my kid when he says things like that. Yeah, and it's like um, you're gonna. Why are you pushing this? But the match itself was good. I won't say great. The women's match definitely blew it out of the water. Oh yeah, water. but it was a good match. But the way that they got Bobby Lashley out of that match was to me was dumb because they tried to play it off like he wasn't paying attention when Seth Rollins buckle bombed Austin Theory yeah through the through the pod that are trying to say oh well he was looking at Brock the whole time and didn't see what was going on no he was looking directly at Seth Rollins yeah because his face was like this yeah and then <laughs> you know he, and then they power he power bombed him into the pod Bobby fell back and it was like kind of a slow fall yeah and then they're like he's in concussion protocol which i don't think that they should he had his ever... head like no he yeah. didn't they should never use concussion protocol as a storyline given what we know 
Thank about you. concussions and, and especially in pro wrestling, things that have happened with pro wrestlers due to concussion syndrome, they should never use concussion protocol as a storyline injury. It's just, it's in poor taste. And then of course, you know, we all, we found out that Bobby Lashley is going to have to have shoulder surgery. Um, so he's going to be out. They said at least a good four months. So he'll miss WrestleMania. Um, I want to wish Bobby Lashley. Well, I've been, you know, I've enjoyed his reign as WWE champion. Um, and hopefully he can, you know, hopefully he recovers well from, uh, his surgery and comes back and can regain the title down the line because I, I thought he was an awesome champion. I just thought it was a ridiculous way to write him out, out of the match. If he could not compete in the match, then just don't, you know, don't put him in the match instead of doing this whole thing. And everybody's watching. So it's like, Everything Michael Cole said, it's like, you do know that we have eyes and can see what's happening on the screen. So, you know, Bobby Lashley's gone. And then, you know, the match progresses on. I mean, of course, you got the talent you have in there. You got Riddle, AJ Styles, Seth Rollins, Austin Theory. That was an excellent showing by Austin Theory. I agree completely with what you said, that Austin Theory was made in that match because he put on a... I figured he'd be the first guy gone. Honestly. And the thing that I saw is that Brock Lesnar went over, Austin Theory got over. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, because even with it came down, of course, it came down to Austin Theory and Brock, which I was shocked about that. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, Austin Theory was taking it to him. And that um that rolling drop kick that he does is that's that's a beautiful move. Love yeah. that move. And and I give Brock credit. Brock was selling it. I mean, Brock was selling his offense. And uh I even liked when uh Theory was climbing the cage trying, trying to get to out. He tried to go through it. And then when Brock jumped up and climbed the cage, I'm like, he is really not doing that. And he climbed the cage and then the F five <laughs> off the pod, off yeah. the top of the pod. And it's like, well. That that would have been a perfect time to pipe in the Jim the uh, Jerry Lawler thing from uh, Hell in the Cell '98, and be like, "That's it, he's dead." That's it, he's dead. Yeah. Um, first, I mean, he landed on his feet, ish. Yeah. Sort of, but yeah. Uh, but just the visual of it was. Yeah. Just as I'm like, I'm, I'm oh, glad he, he landed on not... his feet because <laughs> from that height, there's no. It's still know, gonna hurt. It's still gonna hurt. So he had to protect himself, but just the visual of it and his selling of it at the end was you know made the whole thing my problem is of course brock lesnar is the new wwe champion and, i would have you know, rather had it gone to uh because we know we now know bobby lashley when they first said he was going to be in the match we know why now yeah because they were going to get the title off of him because he was going to have surgery yep how they explained that was stupid, my my opinion, because mm-hmm. like you were saying, why did they just have them do it backstage or something like that? Yeah, you know, they, they I mean, they could have had any of the other competitors jump Bobby Lashley backstage. They could have had Brock jump him backstage. It's not right. like people, it's not like people are not going to believe that Brock would jump a guy backstage to get an advantage. 
I mean, yeah. they could have had Brock jump him backstage, take him out of the match, and then there you go. You guaranteed a new champion. It was just, yeah. and just especially and just if, the guy, if the guy's in pain and the guy's got an injured shoulder, why even bring him out there? I mean, you could actually have him laying backstage with holding his arm like this and saying they've injured his shoulder. And yeah. I did notice that when he came in there, he kind of had the boo-boo face, you know, yeah. so mm-hmm. yeah, he really didn't want to be there. And it's not because he didn't want to wrestle ever. I mean, just because he was, like you said, he was probably in a lot of pain. And and then they had hey, him. I've got to give up my title. And. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they could have had something, some kind of storyline with the shoulder. Like I said, mm-hmm. the, the, the concussion protocol was in poor taste. Yes. Didn't make any sense because how often do people go out of the are out of action for four months because of concussion protocol exactly you know and don't get me wrong i know it can happen i mean yeah it can happen i mean yeah I, daniel I bryan mean, yeah daniel bryan and concussion into bret hart's career i mean yeah. you know so i mean but it can happen but with and i know a lot of people are uncomfortable discussing this but with the chris benoit situation and what happened there due to repeated concussions mm-hmm. using that as a storyline is extremely poor taste and yeah. should never be done yep and and then the way they had brock tearing through his part apparently that was actually not planned he just no they said that brock just kind of went into business for himself and just because you know when it when they uh yeah and it was Lashley's pod that went off. Of course, Lashley was already gone to the back. So from what, from what I've read, Brock didn't feel like waiting. So he just broke out of his pod and then, you know, went to work. And it's like, but the thing is, once again, none of these other guys got any offense on Lesnar. He just comes in, hits, hits suplexes and F5s and pins people. And it's like, I get that he's supposed to be a destroyer. I completely understand that. But there comes to a point to where, I mean, in a way, The Undertaker was a destroyer in mm-hmm. WWE, but it never took away. They never, bear, I don't feel like that, that they sacrificed other main event talent or even up and coming talent to, you know, push The Undertaker. The Undertaker would, was already big enough. It. And he wouldn't have allowed no, it. No, he wouldn't have allowed it because yeah. he's, he was old school and he was all about getting that up and coming town. I mean, look what he did with Maven. Look what he did with Jeff Hardy when Jeff Hardy went solo, mm-hmm. things like that. But with Brock, it's like, yes, the gimmick is a destroyer, but when does it, when do you get to the point to where you're like, we have no main event talent built because we have taken everything. We've taken all our time and all our energy and all our focus into this one character and then when he when he either either his contract runs out or he gets fed up or he gets tired or whatever and goes home who do we have All right and that's, that's the issue with relying putting you know that's the issue with relying on one single person to be i mean and they did it with john cena they should have learned from that because dude during John Cena's run, especially the Super Cena days where he just ran through everybody, he beat, you know, he ran through all the main event talent and then they didn't have anybody built up 
when Cena got injured or had to take away to go shoot a movie or things like that, there was nobody to take that spot. So then they're having to just grow people in the deep end. And like the, uh, which year was it that they had a rash of injuries happen with Cena, with Rollins? I want to say um, Orton got hurt. Um, that was not that, it was like around 2015, 2016. It wasn't that long. Yeah. Ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, Rollins. Rollins blew his knee out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cena had Cena had the broken nose. Yeah, from, he, had, he had the the C shaped nose. Yeah, he had the yeah he had the Cena nose from Seth Rollins. You know, a knee strike from Seth Rollins. I think Randy, Randy Orton had messed up his collarbone because he has that. I forget what it's called, but he has that. He has a condition to where it just kind of pops out. You know, his yeah, his shoulder just just pops out yeah it wasn't a collarbone it was a shoulder injury because and literally i think he was taking out the trash and his shoulder popped out just yeah yeah. and uh but yeah they had a rash of injuries to and that's three main eventers right there and then they didn't have anybody to step up because they hadn't built anybody up and they're doing the same with brock and then now my brother had a you know me and my brother were talking on twitter and he said he doesn't understand why they had to put the WWE title on Brock because why would you put everything into one match? Why would you put everything you have into one match? You've got both your world titles in a winner-take-all match. So that leaves on the Raw side, there's no world title match for anybody on Raw come WrestleMania because the title's already tied up in one match yep so it's like i don't see the point they still haven't said if they're going to unify the titles or if it's going to be like when becky won the titles and she's just gonna and she defended them both well you might as well say that ain't gonna happen uh they're not gonna give it to brock because that dude i mean he doesn't show up enough as it is yeah he doesn't show up enough to defend one title yeah much less two um they're making they're they're not going to i say this is just my opinion they're not going to unify the titles because they make way too much money having from tv rights from uh from you know usa and fox they're not going to burn that bridge messing it up that's why that's a reason that there's a brand split to begin with because fox wanted smackdown and usa wanted to keep raw so i don't see them unifying the titles into one i see i see roman winning and then appearing on both shows because they've done that with him before to boost ratings oh either way like like i said at the beginning i thought the show was was you know pretty good until they crapped the bed at the very end and yeah and and that's what you always remember is the last match yep and like we've had to tell people, we don't hate Brock Lesnar. We don't. No, I do just... not hate Brock Lesnar. I I find I find Brock Lesnar entertaining. I find the Destroyer thing entertaining. But as a fan, that gets old to me, seeing the same guy run through everybody. Mm-hmm. And because this is Black History Month, I'm going to put this stat out there. Brock Lesnar has defeated all four Black wwe champions yep he beat the rock in 2002 
He beat Kofi Kingston. He beat Big E. And if you look in the record books, he beat Bobby Lashley because he won the chamber that Bobby Lashley defended the title in. Yep. And I'm not saying that's Brock's doing. No, I'm not saying that's Brock's doing, but I'm just saying that that is a very worrying statistic. It's a, it's a strange coincidence. I mean, that's yeah. if anything, you know, I mean, it's, yeah. It ain't looking too good there, Brock. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it's like one time. Okay. Two times coincidence, but four, it's not a good look. And, and we know, well, just from what we know now, after the fact, we know Bobby Lashley was going to have to lose a title because of, mm-hmm. you know, a real life situation with his, his shoulder. It didn't have to be Brock. No, it didn't have to be Brock. It could have been, I mean, if Bobby had to lose it, which if Bobby wasn't going to be able to defend it and had to lose it, I mean, I say, give the title to Seth. Yeah. And then have someone beat Seth at WrestleMania because Seth is playing a character that everybody wants to see get beat up. Or, you know, they could have said, Bobby can't, you know, he has to have surgery. We're going to have to have a sub for the, the chamber. Mm-hmm. Uh, what happened to Kevin Owens? Yeah. Kevin Owens was, well, I know what happened to Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens doesn't go to Saudi. Ah, uh, because of Sammy. Yeah, because of Sammy and just his yeah. own personal. Yeah. Well, well I know a lot personal. of it. I mean, he's support, he's a he, lot of it. He's supporting Sammy. Yeah. yeah he, so he's he his best friend. Go, yeah. Yeah. So he doesn't go to Saudi Arabia either. So, yep. Because he only went the one time and that was for the, uh, the greatest Royal Rumble. Um, yep which was a fun match. I'm not going to lie. I still like watching that one. Uh, but I mean, okay, what about, because I watched this another day. I was talking about all these wrestlers who are MIA right now. You know, mm-hmm. they're AWOL. What about Apollo? We were talking about him the other day. Yeah. Apollo about, would be great for that. What about Apollo? What about Elias? It's yeah. like, they even, re- uh, speaking of Elias, they even released, they've been releasing the roster for WWE 2K22. Elias is on the roster. He's on the game roster. Where where is he as far as I mean? I know they're developing a new character for him, but you know because I, I mean even though personally I liked the guitar playing, I did too. I I mean he made it work, and I'm not just saying that because well, <laughs> <laughs> so because uh, I do play myself, but but I mean he was over. Yeah, I mean his he comes you know. The lights come up and he's sitting on the stool in the middle of the ring, whether he was a heel or a face, especially when he was doing the, you know, WWE stands for walk with the lies. Yeah. He was, he was over. And it's like, instead of pushing that, they're like, I feel like it was another instance of, I don't know, you got over and you weren't supposed to. And, and him, I know he, he started as a heel, Mm -hmm. but people started cheering him. Yep. And so they made him a face, but and I felt so bad for him because I saw this happen with him. I saw it actually happen with Bobby Lashley. I seen that with some other ones. It's like they get over at more as a cool heel than what they do as an actual face. Yeah, exactly. It's and, like you don't have to turn somebody face just because they're over. I mean, look at Adam Cole. Right. Adam Cole has been a heel for the most part in every company he's ever worked for. And he has been over in every company he's mm-hmm. worked for. I mean, look at the crowd response with the Adam Cole Bebe thing. I mean, I do it sitting in my chair watching <laughs> Dynamite and Rampage. I've got, I taught Abby to do it when she was two 
it's like it is a cool you know response thing to do with the crowd and adam cole is over and he's still a detestable heel it's okay. like it's it's fine it's okay for your heel to get over but you which it doesn't mean you have to automatically turn him face right i mean and even look at roman right now yeah roman is over i mean he did you see that saudi big time did you see the saudi crowd when he put the, the finger in the air yeah. like everybody was like at every crowd you see now as soon as he comes out, people are putting the one finger in the air like he does. And it's like, this is over. Roman is over. Yeah. This is and what you wanted. This is what you wanted four years ago, except you tried to push it instead of letting it just happen. He's become the cool heel. Yeah. Bray Wyatt. Yeah. I know you did the Firefly thing when you saw I him live. I absolutely did. I saw it, him it, live. Yeah. Me it and is, Kate, me and Kate and Bo. Man, it'll it'll give you goosebumps. Yeah, like just seeing that live, and then to realize you're a part of it. I've I've know. seen him. I've seen him. I've seen Bray Wyatt live as Bray Wyatt, and I've seen him live as the Fiend, and both okay. of them, they're both over. Both characters yeah. were over, and it's like, but you know, and you still got those goosebumps, just different, yeah. you know, different vibes. But yeah, and both of them were heels. Yeah, I mean, but they became the cool heel and. The first time I saw uh, Bray Wyatt was actually right before WrestleMania 30 because um, that's when I got the network. The network right. had just started, right. Right. you know. And my very first pay per view that I watched for free was WrestleMania 30. Yep. And it was having all sorts of glitches <laughs> because you were like 20 minutes ahead of me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which was, you know, I was like, how does this happen? You know. Um, but when I saw a lot of the vignettes they were showing with him and Cena. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't know who this Bray Wyatt guy is, but I like him. Yeah. Because I've seen him man. on uh, NXT because him, you know, the whole Wyatt family was on NXT. And that's when I first saw him. And I'm like, if they don't mess with this, this guy's going to be good. Of course, you know, they messed with it. <laughs> they got to the main roster and they messed with it. So uh, it's like, I mean, and they didn't, it, it took a while for him to mess with it. And really, I think what started hurting it, um, was when they started having him lose at like every pay-per-view. Yeah, because then it got to the point where it was just like, okay, he talks a great, you know, Mm -hmm. he talks a great talk, but then he always gets beat. They made him look, they made him look weak. Yeah. And it kind of ruined the character. And that's through no fault of his own because his character work was amazing. That was just whoever's, you know, that was just poor booking decision. Yeah, and having Eric Rowan lose in four seconds to The Rock didn't help. And yes, of course, that was the same one. Uh, just to set a WrestleMania record, because yeah. just to get that moment. Uh, now, granted, The Rock, he had his one line in his promo there that still has me laughing to this day. When he looked at Bray Wyatt, he said, You call yourself the eater of worlds? Where I'm standing, you're like the eater of Hot Pockets. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I can't do the delivery with the way The Rock does because only yeah. The Rock can do that. But I'm like, Man, that's because even Bray Wyatt, he actually, you could tell he broke character and he started yeah, laughing. Yeah. It was he just started too funny. laughing. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, with when with Elias, you know, with him being like the cool thing and in his promos, I'm pretty sure they that he was given permission to do his own promos uh, without being scripted, without hand a script saying, okay, read this. And yeah, I don't, I don't feel like, yeah, I don't feel like that his stuff was uh was scripted i feel like he was just giving bullet points to hit yeah. and do that um i remember when sam punk was there um 
CM Punk's weren't scripted because every time they brought him a script, he would tear it up. Every time they brought him a scripted promo, he would tear it up. And he's like, it's not how you do promos. He's like, I've never done a promo that way. And like you say, when you say during your promo, please make sure you hit this particular bullet point. Yeah. Because we're trying to promote this particular match, but it doesn't have to be written by someone who's probably never even stepped foot in the ring. Exactly. And my thing is, if they want to have promo class for wrestlers, then just go back and find the great promo guys and have them watch the promos and be like, you don't have, don't try to be like, don't, don't try to be Jake Roberts, but pay attention to how he's giving a promo. Pay attention to how Arn Anderson or Ole Anderson or Tully Blanchard or Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes, take them back, show them the history. And I feel like that's the problem because a lot of, they don't show these guys, these men and women, the history of promos and such great promos out there. And then it's like, oh, well, I've got this television writer who has never done anything in pro wrestling, but they're going to write your promo for you. Uh, oh, well, like, like we've always said, if they start listening to us, they'll be a lot better off. Mm-hmm. But, yep. uh, well, I don't know what we have planned for Thursday because we've been having a lot of things coming our way. Yeah. Uh, some things very unexpected. Some things are very, very good. Yeah. Uh, I'm still smiling about uh, <laughs> yeah. something that happened today that we will hopefully be able to announce here soon. Once, yeah. um, yeah, because we got something big happening with the podcast oh, here. Yeah, we got yeah. something huge. It's, um, it, it, I yeah. honestly can't believe it's going to happen, but it is. And, uh, we'll just say it's an interview. Mm-hmm. It's an interview, but just, you know, Stay tuned and yeah. Um, but I do want to give some more shout outs to people. Jay and Trey, TNC Sports Talk. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, those guys are awesome. Uh, they have actually been endorsing our show we did yesterday. Um, so they're going to make sure people have been, you know, checking it out because I, I think they should. We, it was, it was a great show and it meant something. Yes. Yes. You know, and it's already gotten some views. Yeah. I uh, saw that. I was, um, I was on um, I was on our channel this morning, and I saw it. Got, it's already gotten some views. Yep, which um, means that our, it, just having one view means that it has more views than our last one did, which is odd. <laughs> yeah, it's got that one's got downloads on the audio part, but nobody had yeah. looked at it on YouTube. I'm like, okay, <laughs> whatever. But uh, but yeah, Jay and Trey, uh, TNC Sports Talk, and Justin and I, we've texted a couple times. I mean, they. They have been so good to us, and so we always want to pass on our love to them, too. If, if you don't subscribe to them already on YouTube or the audio platforms, which they are, I believe they're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and maybe Spotify. I know they're not on all of them, but I know uh, they're Justin, he's the main one that handles that. They, they've been trying to uh, get on all the platforms as many right. as they can. Um, and another one that I'm going to give some props to, and I will actually – text him and or, or text him send him a message across twitter and let him know ted the hillbilly heel yes yeah yes uh, i followed i followed him the other day on twitter and he followed me back yep same here uh and he has a podcast called the heel truth and uh his twitter is at hillbilly heel and he is somewhere in north carolina 
I'm going to have to send a message and say, hey, we're born in North Carolina. Um, and according to that, he was also born in 1971. So dude's older than we are. Yeah. You yeah. know, so, uh, but he actually, he retweeted our, um, our, when I, every time we do a podcast, like, just like right now, once I'm ready to upload, I always share them on Facebook and Twitter. Just mm -hmm. hey, okay, here are the links if you want to go to it. And we said we were given a a preview of Elimination Chamber. He retweeted it and said, "Go listen to this. These guys are right on the money, or something along those lines." And I was like, "Oh, cool, thanks, dude." And so yeah, I'm going to give him props too because I listen. Oh yeah, to his, oh yeah. I mean, uh, he just started with this podcast uh because i mean i just he's only had three episodes so mm -hmm. far uh but he's already you know pretty good you can tell he's actually put a lot of thought into it mm -hmm. and, and it's just him i mean he doesn't uh, have oh, anybody well. it's just him and i'm like yeah that's scary you know so uh it, it's hard doing that on your own because it's because it's a lot more fun when you have somebody yeah to, to feed off of and yeah yeah you know, so, um, <clears throat> and yes, yeah, so I definitely got to give him props for that one. And I'm going to send a message and say, Hey, we, we gave you a shout on the show. Just want to let you know in case your ears are burning. Yeah. You know, so, um, and you know, of course, and I also want to give another shout out there. It's not, not wrestling shows, but true crime cast and blister hearts is mm -hmm. the same guys who do both of those, uh, because they've actually, uh, given us shout outs in their show. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. like literally on their show, you know. So, and these are guys. I mean, they've interviewed Jericho. Jericho has interviewed them. Mm -hmm. I don't know which is more impressive, actually. <laughs> you know, I mean, that, both them. That, both them are pretty strong. So yeah. Uh, but anyway, but yeah. So uh, because, like I said, we've had so many things just all of a sudden, just curveballs, but in a good way. Yeah, absolutely. You know, a really a good of, way. Oh yeah, has a lot of positive things happen to us, and so. Uh, we've had to kind of shift gears on the, on some things we had to do because all of a sudden it's like, well, we got something scheduled and boom, yeah, that's yeah. It. But, but yeah, well, so we have at least one pretty big interview uh, scheduled for right now. It'll be in about two weeks. I will say that it'll be in, yeah. in two weeks, and you know, but we have another one tentative for this weekend. Uh, who they, he was supposed to be on the show this past mm -hmm. Sunday, but he said, maybe I can come on next Sunday. And I was like, cool. We've had him on before. And so we know dude's hilarious and he yeah. was a great interview. Um, loves the business and, and he, and he we really liked also get his thoughts on, you know, exactly some, think, some of the, you know, some of the issues we were discussing. Yep. A continuation guys, of that. Yeah. With the guys yesterday. Yep. And I'm going to work on another interview, um, with somebody from the NWF but it's um, somebody pretty well known, but I'm going to be working on that one in the next few days to see if we can get them off the next Monday. But yeah, so Thursday, I don't know what else is going on um, this coming weekend as far as wrestling goes. Uh, oh, I actually I do the NWF rumble. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So the NWF is going to be uh, okay. I got to say this. Sorry. <laughs> kind of a, my daughter just texted us and said, someone needs to tell Putin to eat a Snickers and calm down. <laughs> <laughs> that, that just kind of came out of nowhere. <laughs> anyway, um, But yeah, the NWF are having their rumble down in Covington. That hits down in Covington. 
on the 26th, I believe. Yep. And yeah, they're going to be crowning a new NWF champion. We had Roger Ruffin on here just last week talking about it. And they've been announcing a few more uh, entrants as they go. Right. Uh, and the NWF, they put on a great show. Mount Orb, of course, this past Saturday. And, you know, I went and that's when um, Mason final arrangements, like with Joe Pro James, you know, we want to make sure mm-hmm. boom, he knew three o'clock and blah, blah, blah. Um, and, and also they finally announced it today. Joel and I have actually known about this for a few weeks because uh, I was told about it. I was asked to not talk about it yet. Right. Um, but it was kind of giving me a heads up. Uh, the NWF is putting on an all women's show on and you know what i wish i really wish i had the flyer in front of me i can find it real quick yeah i saw it earlier today oh i've seen so many people retweeting it yeah and and sharing it on facebook so um i mean you just go to big mom's page because she's the one who originally told me about it uh man it figures it's taken me forever seriously i figured it'd be the first thing up here it is i found it it is uh may 28th may the 28th yep and that is actually going to be in Cincinnati. Um, I don't know if it's going to be at Bone Crushers, but even though it is on Vine Street, but I don't, I don't think there's Bone Crushers address. So I'll have to look. But they are actually uh, putting out, they're soliciting um, like advertisers, you know, anybody mm-hmm. who, um, because my wife, she actually, she's, a, she's contemplating actually um, buying some advertisement for her business. Cool. Yeah, and I told her, hey, go, go for the, the biggest package that, you know, they will, not only will they, they put you in the flyer, they'll, they'll have like a video of you, then they'll actually have you sponsoring a match. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, they just announced that, to, you know, made it public today. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm looking forward to that uh, because the NWS women's roster, I mean, it really is just absolutely oh, yeah. packed. It really is. Yeah, because they uh, they actually had this weekend. They didn't have everybody from the NWF actually at the Mount Arm show. Uh, if you look at where some of them were, like like I think Kristen Mize is down in Texas. Riley Matthews was in West Virginia. Somebody else was like in Indiana. So, I mean, they just went. They were all over yeah. the place. Yeah, you know. So, um, but yes, yeah, so the Rumble is this coming Saturday, and uh, besides that, I don't know. Um, Anything else besides there? Nothing. Veer Mahan coming to Raw. Well, they've been saying that now for like three months. Yeah, that's like, like a that's like a running joke now. Yeah, it's like at this point, it's like who cares? Yeah, bring the dude on, and I don't know if they're going to his background, his actual thing, because the the movie Billion Dollar Arm or something like that is about him. Mm-hmm. It's actually legitimately about him, and which is kind of amazing. Yeah. Um, I told my boss that, you know, because my boss <laughs> is actually from India. Yeah. And he's like. He's like, he's a wrestler now. I'm like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure is. He's like, huh. Um, but yeah, Revolution Rising, that's the name of it. So, yeah, that's Selena Dean. She, uh, it, yeah, because at 5910 Vine Street, uh, oh, it's the VFW post. Okay. Hey, that's cool. Now I can say, hey, I'm a veteran. <laughs> I'm not part of that VFW, but I'm part of the one in Mount Orb. Right. Um, <laughs> but, um but anyway i cannot think of anything else because if we start talking about other news we'll just be here all night yeah i can't either uh everybody that's uh again we appreciate everybody that listens to our podcast um if you're watching it on youtube um be sure to like and subscribe and you know 
keep watching. We hope, you know, we plan on bringing you more, you know, great content. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Hit that like, share and subscribe button. That's the way they always say. And yep. if I ever figure out a way to get the button up here, I will. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I'm still learning, you know, I've, I've, right. I've, I've caught on to a few tricks and, you know, just to try to, you know, cause after a while you, you just stare at me and dwelling. Well, yeah, we're not the prettiest. <laughs> <laughs> so, but until Thursday, my friend, God bless. God bless.